Have you ever thought about what a liberated future smells like? Or what trans joy tastes like? Hey, hi, hello, y'all. This is RB, and welcome back for season two, episode three of Take the Last Bite, a show where we lay Midwest nice out on the table, and then we flip that table to dissect the ways Midwest queer and trans folks are missing from national conversations about gender justice and sexual liberation. On today's episode, I cozy up for a chat with someone who takes living their best life to a whole nother level. You're definitely in for a treat that'll tantalize your taste buds. But first, you know I gotta take a bite into the latest media frenzy. And what everyone seems to be talking about the last few weeks is swimming specifically a Division I national tournament for collegiate-level swimmers in which Leah Thomas placed first in the 500-yard freestyle event. Now, I don't want to do the sports reporting any injustice, so I'm not even going to delve into the details of the tournament or competitive swimming in general. There is some incredible reporting already out there from ESPN journalist Katie Barnes, who is carrying some significant weight keeping the world of sports writing and commentary focused on Leah Thomas's abilities as an athlete and not playing into the pressure of discussing her eligibility to compete in a women's sport. So if you check out our show notes, either on our website or in the description of this episode, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we'll link some content from Katie Barnes and some other resources that are really helpful for non-sports folks like myself to understand what the unnecessary debate is all about and aid folks in broaching conversations with people in their lives who may have some not so kind things to say about trans women competing in women's sports. What I would like to focus on is how Leah's accomplishments and passion for her sport is being muddled by the high profile she's gained, not necessarily due to her championship win, but because all of a sudden, everyone in their hamster has an opinion on college level swimming. The focus and timing of episodes three and four, so today's and our next episode, is Trans Day of Visibility on March 31st. And in these conversations, we really wanted to delve into what does trans visibility mean? What does it look like? What does it bring? What makes it difficult? And in thinking about Leah Thomas's emergence into the spotlight, in my perspective, it showcases the complexity of trans visibility. Here we have a 22-year-old college athlete who just wants to compete in her sport, and suddenly her name is entering the mouths of people who would never know who she was without the prominence of anti-trans ideology that is so prevalent in our society. This happens over and over again, where trans people are just doing their thing, living their life, but what really propels them into the public eye is that people who hate trans people talk about them incessantly. People who don't care about the Jeopardy game show will talk about Jeopardy because of a trans contestant. People who do not care about the operations of the Department of Energy will talk about the Department of Energy because a non-binary person is appointed to a position. People who do not care about Division I collegiate swimming events are going to talk about swimming because of Leah Thomas. On one hand, it gives us people to root for and proves that trans people are everywhere. On the other hand, 
It can be little. The skills, accomplishments, contributions, art, energy, and amazingness we give to the world when the general public wants to talk about our transness and not our gifts. A mantra I've carried for a long time is that you can't implore folks to show up in their wholeness if you only create space for a fraction of who they are. And we need to hold trans athletes and other well-known trans people in their wholeness without turning them into spectacles based on one component of who they are. Being visible should not mean that your identities are subject to everyone's opinions. And the reality is that Leah Thomas is never going to hear most of the icky comments folks are spewing her way, but the trans folks in those people's lives sure will. When cis people make bold transphobic claims about a trans public figure, they're showing the trans people in their lives that they're capable of hating us without even knowing they hate us, or that we're apparently an exception because they know us, or this situation is different because it's a competition. But it's all rooted in the same disdain for queer and trans people. Perhaps a tactic we can use is to be just as public and emphatic about our support for Leah and other trans public figures to counter the right-wing fueled media circus that likes to point to successful trans athletes as proof of why we need all these anti-trans sports bills we're seeing spring up across the country. When they yell bullshit, we can just yell louder and we'll do it in better harmony and with greater color schemes and coordinated outfits. Surely there's ways to be celebratory and artful in our actions against the public denouncement of trans people. And if it means well-known trans people can breathe a little easier, it's worth the energy for us to be their biggest cheerleaders in a crowd full of hecklers. Let me be clear though, there's plenty of trans public figures who deserve some pushback and challenges on their own bullshit, but that should be based on their problematic views or leveraging their public power against our community's interests and not simply because they're trans. Shifting into our conversation for today's episode, I'm joined by someone who knows all about celebration, artistry, and hyping people up. T.K. Morton is back for a heartfelt and illuminating discussion about Zier's growing philosophy and practices around trans joy, how seeking daily joy aids trans people in carrying us out of perpetual survival mode, the power in seeing different trans body types, and how to visualize trans joy using all the senses. Get ready to get goosebumps as we take the last bite. Y'all, we cannot do this. We cannot be these stereotypical Midwesterners. Please eat the rest of this food. We just have these conversations every day with people. Like, this is exhausting. I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> Why can't we be in space with hundreds of other queer and trans folks and having these necessary conversations? I don't know who you are, but <laughs> we're going to talk by the potatoes for five minutes. Because aesthetic is the only thing keeping my dysphoria at bay. Yeah, I'm broke all the time, but I look amazing. Definitely going to talk about Midwest nice. And if that's, if that's that's um, as real as it wants to think it is. Midwest nice is white aggression. That's what it is.
All right. So I'm going to lay the landscape real quick. So you and I are having this conversation on a snowy Minnesota Tuesday afternoon. You and I have witnessed from a very close vantage point the past two years of racial justice uprisings based around police violence and racial injustice in Minnesota, Minneapolis, particularly Um, And the world is literally on fire as continued climate catastrophe events take place. So while we could certainly hone in and focus on all of the like vitriolic doom and gloom things that are happening, we're going to embrace that that is our current context, but we're going to go a completely different direction and talk about something that has been very, very important to you as an emerging philosophy and guiding light for your work and just your way of being in the world, um, which is joy specifically trans joy. So can you start off with saying a bit about, I guess, who you are (laughs) um, and why trans joy has um, emerged as such an important flavoring of literally everything you do? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Hi, hello. Um, I'm TK. Um, My pronouns are Z, Z and Zers. Um, Yes, it is a very snowy... um, um minnesota afternoon um which we love um i am a black queer and trans educator um you know dream creator joy seeker all that good stuff um you know a pisces that's about to turn 30 which is exciting because we're in Pisces season. We are. I'm I'm ready to act up, which means acting up means I'm ready to cry. Um, <laughs> so we're good with that. Uh, but for me, when I think about joy and I think about trans joy, I think a lot about how like trans, especially black, brown and indigenous uh, trans folks, like we're always told that like the odds are always against us. We're always told mm-hmm these are all the statistics and like, these are all the things that, um, that we face, but we don't get to really like enjoy our lives. Like we're very much like either, like we have to fend for ourselves and be in survival mode for decades Mm -hmm. at a time, or we're like at a point where we're good and okay, but we're like giving back to our community so that we can uplift a lot of folks. So like, we're like trying to like, um, to continue the cycle of support. Um, but we don't truly get to talk about a lot about our joy. That's not just about like gender affirming like surgeries and like medical interventions. Mm -hmm. Like we don't just get to enjoy like life as like trans people. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, I want to enjoy life as a black trans Mm -hmm. person and, it's like how I approach my work, how I, how I view my life is like, if I'm not happy and I'm not trying to, and if I'm not like truly experiencing like joy and what that looks like in my life, then like, why am I doing it? Like, why am I doing these things? And like, is it really um, going to help me or is it just me trying to like upheed like the status quo, right? Mm. And so like, there's like so many more things about it, but like trans joy is like so beautiful and it's so um 
And it's so unique because everyone has different experiences. We might all like go through like a similar path in the sense of like gender exploration or like might do like social and medical transitions, but that doesn't mean that like we all like experience the same things. And so I think mm. that's what I love about TransJoy is that it's so different and it's so beautiful and you can have so many different perspectives from it. So yeah. So I'm imagining, right, like you have not carried this philosophy forever because it's very like, it, it resists a certain conditioning that trans folks, especially like BIPOC trans folks are conditioned to kind of think whether that's around life prospects or possibilities or advantages or access right so like was there a series of things or a particular aha moment where you're like I'm I'm gonna shift to investing in joy and focusing on being like happy and celebratory versus carrying you know the heavy weight that is like everything you listed like everything that impacts queer and trans people yeah I think when I when I think about it it wasn't until um like I met some like really like key people in my life that Mm. was like hey like you should actually like think about like centering joy and like what that looks like and like how does it like integrate like into your life and so I was like huh I never really thought about that because I've always been in a state of survival Mm. but even now like you know I'm like this like almost 30 year old person that Mm -hmm. like is uh um still unemployed at this moment um not for much longer but at this moment (laughs) um and how I did a lot of reflection and like thinking about like what do I truly want out of life and I was like I want to be happy Mm. but I want to be more than just happy like I want to like thrive and like what does that look like for me and that's like being surrounded by beautiful community like being able to be with um people that love me and cherish me like being in love with people mm-hmm. um rather that's platonically romantically etc um and how um the conventions of society wasn't would not allow me to do that mm-hmm. because like I'm not even supposed to exist let alone thrive yeah. And so for me, like, I was like, am I going to be the person that like, it's just resenting everything about myself for the rest of my life, even though like I'm at a spot in my life where I like, I have medically transitioned to the point that I wanted to, I have socially transitioned, like I've been, uh, like, I've been out for over a decade, like I'm pretty fine with everything, um, but I wasn't living um Mm. like I did all the things I needed to do but I wasn't living and I was going through the motions of like life college my career Mm -hmm. and I was like there's so much more to life than just like education and career there's Mm. so much more and I was like why am I not doing that and why am I not doing those things so I was like oh how can I center that in my life it's laughter it's like not taking everything so seriously it's like even when the hard times happen knowing that like you have folks that you can fall back on that will support you um it's um your mom sending you random tiktoks at (laughs) four in the morning because she can't sleep because she has insomnia um and being able to just like be just be i think is like Mm -hmm. a beautiful sense of like trans joy and like 
it's still something that like we all have to like learn especially like me like I'm still learning through it and like this is like something that I only adopted like a couple years ago Mm -hmm. and I feel like I've been able to let go of so much that wasn't serving me to get to where I am where I can be like yeah like this is me like this is what Mm -hmm. I want to do and like this is how I want to do it and this is all this joy manifests in me and I wouldn't have it any other way right now. <laughs> um, you listed up a couple examples, right, of like who you're surrounding yourself with, who you're in a regular conversation with, right? What else would you say are examples of joy in practice or seeking out joy in practice as part of like a daily ritual or like a, a thing that you do for yourself? Yeah, I think like the biggest thing is like you got you got to let go and you and we have to like, understand that no matter what there's not a single institution that is here to support you that is here to um that it will advocate for you that will do the things that you think it's going to do um for someone that works on uh college campuses that is very consistent where folks are like oh my god this situation happened the college if I complain to the college enough they'll like do damage control and try to figure out what to do but then it repeats itself and I'm just like you're setting yourself up for unrealistic expectations um, in society and you just need to let it go. Like you need to actually like center your joy by actually uh, like effectively communicating how you're feeling, Mm -hmm. like actually, actually like having conflict and knowing that conflict is okay. Um, And that like, yeah, like it's going to suck in the moment, but I, you should, you should have it rather than just like have it be like in the back of your head or the seeking feeling like in your heart, it's recognizing your limits in your capacity and that not everyone and everything deserves all of it. Um, you deserve all of your capacity (laughs) and time and energy, not that job, not those people in your life, not that situation. Um, and also like being able to be okay with not being okay. Like I think when thinking about joy and understanding what that means for me, like there are going to be days where I'm like, that just is not a thing. And that like, yes, like I'm like naturally an optimistic person, but I can be very pessimistic and petty. Um, <laughs> I know, I know mm. as a Pisces people will be shocked, but um, you know, just because my love language. Fish, Petty. <laughs> petty yes um but I think about a lot how um how we don't take care of ourselves yeah. and we immediately jump to helping others and we wonder why we're not happy it's because we've given all of our energy to other people some folks that grantedly very much deserve that energy but to many people that don't deserve it at all and mm. um and I think about like in general, like radical ways of just like being like, like resting and eating and actually drinking water and not just like the decaf coffee that I'm drinking right now. (laughs) Um, And thinking about actually thinking about how you want to build your life and who you want to surround yourself with. Because at the end of the day, like, Yes, like we're in a very individualist like society, um, but that doesn't mean that you can't care for yourself while caring for others and sharing that joy with others. I think like especially like 
different accomplishments folks might have in their lives. Like they deserve to have someone say that they're proud of them. Mm -hmm. They deserve like, not just themselves. Like you can be proud of like other people being proud of you. Yes. Grand. And you should be proud of yourself of where you've been and where you're going and knowing that like, it's not a race to, Mm -hmm. to get there. Like, it's not like a hundred meter sprint, like in the Olympics, like you're not like, you're going to get there when you want to get there. And you you don't need a benchmark to do that. Something I, I think I'd, I appreciate and value about something you said a bit earlier, right? And would like to emphasize too, is that centering joy isn't inherently going to mean that like every day you're on cloud nine or in a great mood or having like the best time of your life. But what, yeah. I, what I'm gleaning from that is that like, if you're in the practice or habit of centering joy regularly um, as a focus, right? You're kind of, um, building up a toolkit to be able to reach for things that bring you joy that are going to lift you out of those harder days either faster or like more smoothly than if you're not equipping yourselves with like joyous skills if that's a phrase that I'll, I'll, I'll offer yeah. you right like you know like inevitably because of life and inevitably because of like systemic oppression and the reality of our social circumstances right like there's going to be hard and heavy days which is not what you're saying is going to suddenly be avoided by centering joy right but like you're going to have more tools available to you to pull yourself out of some of the harder moments and understand what works for you to navigate those hard moments, Um, especially if you're leaning into other folks who are also in that practice or who also understand how to remind you or to invite you into what brings you joy because you're demonstrating that in a like collective of people. And I think that that's really valuable as like a reminder that like you're going to still have you know, the doom and gloom days, because that's an, that's an inevitability based on the life yeah. <laughs> that we're living. But centering joy means being in a practice and being prepared to take care of yourself. Yeah, exactly. And like, also like having it be um, a way to like, understand like yourself too, and how like, centering joy it can also be very Mm self-reflective and and basically like just like a whole re-examining of life um as well as like yes like you're gonna have the doom and gloom days like everyone does like we're both in Minnesota and it's very snowy outside I think like the it's getting brighter here so I think the sun might have popped out or just might have gotten a little bit lighter it's still snowing so another um drive of this conversation and by the time this episode comes out in a handful of weeks right it'll be with the intention of drawing some attention and having some conversation around trans day of visibility for on march 31st um and i think that talking about trans joy in relation to visibility is a really necessary conversation because for years and years and years longer than Trans Day of Visibility, we've had Trans Day of Remembrance, which is a very like somber, like it's a time of grieving, right? Like where we're being reflective and attentive to trans folks who've been killed um, or lost to anti-trans violence or anti-trans circumstances. Um, So then, you know, the advent of Trans Day of Visibility as I think a bit of a counter to to Trans Day of Remembrance in November. That being said, visibility is really complex and complicated and means Mm -hmm. different things to different people, right? Like, you know, 
you know that, we know that. Um, but uh, in thinking about this philosophy of trans joy and centering joy in general, and how that relates to like trans visibility, what does that look like? Yeah, I think when like when like we think about like the nuance of like visibility, like like some folks will be like depending and, and I feel like this is like a like not like an all generations type thing of being mm-hmm. like, well, like I don't feel represented, like I don't know why this day exists, like da-da-da-da-da. Um, but at the same time, like um there are very few, like I think like I think someone, I think someone told me this and like, and like, don't quote me on this because I don't know if it's entirely accurate, but they were saying that like, like Gen Z is like the first generation to actually like see like a generation of like trans, like queer and trans elders Mm. um someone also told me while not related to trans stuff that gen z was the first is the very first generation um um out, outside of jim crow and i was like oh, oh it was wild it was wild to think about it was like millennial it was like some millennials like were kind of in it but like most were not but gen z is the first like generation that like these that like segregation wasn't a thing and like in like Jim Crow wasn't a thing um and so it's like wild to think about like Mm -hmm. someone put that in perspective for me and I was like what and I was like I was like you're right because like most parents like grew up in Jim Crow like Mm -hmm. most of them did Mm -hmm. and like millennials having kids like they're like the first generation that like it like did not like experience like Jim Crow mm-hmm. um right um but when I think of it in the sense of like um younger folks like like they're seeing the representation that we never got to see um like you have like you're seeing like folks playing with gender you're seeing like like very visible like black and brown trans women like in the media like in entertainment mm-hmm. like um in tech like doing all of these things um and also like it is like the small things that like helps with invisibility like even for me like I'm on TikTok yes I am one of those millennials that is on TikTok (laughs) and like I saw this video that was like this black like non-binary person that was getting top surgery and they were like hey like my doctor didn't have any pictures of folks that not only had my skin tone but had my body type I think the person Mm -hmm. was like 5'10 and like over like 200 pounds right and so they wanted to see folks that looked like them and what that and what that would look like and so I like saw that video I immediately jumped up out of my bed I came into my room because that's where the best lighting is and (laughs) I made the video um and I was like hi hello like this is like my um this is when I got surgery like this is what it looks like and I like ripped off my shirt and I like showed them and I was like yeah like fat people can totally get top surgery I got top I got top surgery while I was fat I didn't expect anything to happen from that video. I usually get, I think like the most views I ever gotten on a video was like 3,000 views. This got over 20,000 views in like 24 hours. Mm -hmm. And most of the comments were like, I'm, they were like, 
it's it makes me really happy to see like your results people are like oh my god you look really good oh my god your chest hair looks amazing I was like no one's ever affirmed me from my chest hair that's so nice um but the biggest thing was is that I said it in the video was that I got my top surgery done in Wisconsin Mm -hmm. and many many people were like I live in this region of Wisconsin I didn't know I could get it done in this state and it makes me really happy to see that like you didn't like go to like you know New York or Texas or Florida or California or Seattle to get this done and you got it or 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 Ohio there's like a famous surgeon in Ohio um and you got it done here like yeah Mm -hmm. like I got it like done under insurance which was shocking to me at the time and um I got it done at the local hospital um where I was at that time um and so many like not only did like people like thank me in the comments but like a lot of people dm'd me and they were like you have no idea how happy this made me feel and how affirming this was to see that like this was possible and Mm -hmm. so and like some of them were like younger folks like you know like early 20s but I had a lot of I had like a good chunk of folks that were like in their 40s that were like this was really affirming to see and it made me really happy like can you like send me the information of your surgeon like what was your experience like like all that good stuff and I I thought it was great and like for me it was just a random video that I decided because I wanted to help one person to see that there that it exists and um other like I've seen other like black like trans men and people um like duet the same video who I am friends with and it makes me like really happy (laughs) to see um but like yes like there's a nuance of like visibility and what that looks like and at the same time we have always had to be our own possibility models because we didn't know we didn't know other people like us existed um and especially for younger folks it's really nice to see like older older like queer and trans folks that are adults that Mm -hmm. like are doing this and like are like living their lives and being like wow like I can actually like do this like there are people that are out there that are older that can support me um because like especially for a lot of us like millennials and like older generations like we lost a good chunk of that Mm -hmm. like in the AIDS crisis um and like that still hasn't been repaired like Mm -hmm. folks are still to this day talking about like their really close friends brothers sisters siblings lovers that they lost and that was like an entire generation of folks that could have been parents. But when I think about that and I think about visibility, I think about how even when I was growing up, I didn't have, I didn't have like adult representation. Mm-hmm. Like if I didn't have proactive parents that really cared about how, my identity, I wouldn't have had like a mentor when I was a kid like as like a trans person right um but they were like on the hunt like they were like here are these two trans men that are like in their 30s at the time when I met them and like as a little high schooler um Mm -hmm. that like could help me understand my identity and like where I'm going and so many so many uh so many folks never had that and they had to figure it out on their own 
I think that like I get it that like especially maybe for some older generations like they'll be like well what does visibility mean like it it does it's not that important to me and I'm like but it is to someone that sees you and knows that you exist Mm -hmm. like even you just living your life you're not doing queer you're not doing trans work because not everyone is meant to do trans work um and doing queer work um that doesn't mean that like your sole existence isn't like a form of visibility and a form of representation and again I feel like a lot of times I think this was like a tweet and I feel like you've seen this tweet too and it was um folks that are choosing to be like visible are choosing I think it was like joy over safety they're choosing um they're they're basically they're choosing life over safety right they're like deliberately like being out and knowing that like for them that's a risk and that for a lot of trans folks like folks can't be as visible as other folks can because their safety is threatened but at the end of the day for some folks like that that their safety being threatened is not as big of a risk as to to ending their own mm-hmm. life or to causing themselves harm by other ways right and so like yes visibility is nuanced yes like folks have issues with it and yes like it comes into question like well what about all of like the the black and brown indigenous trans women that have been constantly being murdered um and the number keeps going higher and higher every year but at the same time there are still people in this world that that need that need to see that we exist Mm -hmm. and that we aren't just all of the statistics that people read. Mm-hmm. There's just so much that we could dig into related to visibility, but I think something that comes to mind in relation to like the experience of putting out that that response video to the original poster who was looking for fat folks who had gotten top surgery, right? Like I think about how, you know, what is still a huge gap in like mainstream media is that a majority of the folks that we see in entertainment or like primarily entertainment, right? But mainstream media in general are like conventionally attractive. They've gone through an exorbitant amount of like medical transitions or other treatments beyond just like gender affirming, right? Like there's maybe some additional procedures to adhere to certain beauty standards also, right? And like those folks are gorgeous and they're hot and I'm glad for it, right? Like I'm glad to have those as part of like our ecosystem, right? And what we're not seeing, right? Is that like, I think that the saturation of representation that offers folks like trans folks or even folks who are questioning if they're trans and understanding that like that's not the one the only way in which trans folks like have to look bodily Mm -hmm. um right like I very much think about being in a what I would call a more small town area in northern Minnesota where I think one of the things that I've had to witness and tackle is that there's kind of this like messaging around almost like an Amazon wish list of like, you have to go through like these particular procedures or to go through Mm. these particular stepping stones to then like, ta-da, be trans. And I feel like as someone who like is a trans non-binary person who is not looking to access at this point in my life, like any medical transition related procedures right like I so much feel like I want to encourage folks to understand that like just because you're seeing that as like 
a top example of what folks do and that for many folks that is life-saving and life-affirming and it's stuff that like can be part of your story it doesn't have to be because I feel like there's Mm -hmm. this inadvertent pressure that because we see you know even on social media right the folks who are getting a lot of the most following and engagement are conventionally attractive cis-assumed white trans folks I think that the nature of TikTok and Instagram is pushing those boundaries quite a bit. And I think that that's also part of the visibility conversation of who, essentially who has the mic, right? Like who is being regarded as someone who like maybe isn't even intentionally trying to like be seen as like a trans icon per se, but like as someone who's trying to like send a message or build community around their particular version of transness and then calling folks into that space to like also celebrate and enjoy that version of transness, but it's hard when like there's these really like rigid old school ways of understanding transness that are rooted in the gatekeeping of the medical industrial complex. It's really tricky, right? And so I feel like especially in more rural areas or kind of what I see a lot in the Midwest is just that like, what what's it called? But uh, the um, like true scum narrative where like you have yeah. to have gender dysphoria to be trans or you have to want to pursue any kind of like physical or biomedical transition procedures in order to be trans and that's just not true but like that is very much this like enforced and pushed message that I think that the mainstream media and like folks in education and advocacy roles probably are going to have to take a long time to like untangle so that we're not doing that to each other like with like within the community too yeah yeah for folks who don't know what true scum is but um it's also the term is uh trans there's there's another term for it it's like trans medicalists and it's basically folks usually it's trans identified folks let me be a little more specific it's usually white young we're talking 21 and under trans men that stink that the only way that you can be trans is if you experience gender dysphoria and you are suffering and you are getting medical treatment like hormone replacement therapy, top and bottom surgery. Um, And that is the only way that you can be trans, which is not true at all. I think that that narrative is extremely harmful but the people that boast it the most are young white trans men who have a large social media platform. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they also like dislike non-binary folks and mm-hmm. like, it, it's a lot. I think mm-hmm. it's very harmful and it's very dangerous because at the end of the day, they're reinforcing what they were trying to reject. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to get on a soapbox about it. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not because... I could talk about this for a really long time and um, hurt some people's feelings. Um, but um, the biggest thing is that like, like being trans is such a beautiful thing and it's not about suffering. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a different experience. And the way that our society like warps that is, is dangerous. And that's mm-hmm. why like, I, like I will honestly, I want to say Instagram specifically, I would say TikTok is way better about like giving platforms to like different, like larger platforms to different folks versus like Instagram. Instagram is very much your like thin, muscular, like trans men, conventionally attractive trans men that look quote unquote like men. And the same with like trans women, like very conventionally attractive, like trans women, um, 
that like that like look like just like any other person right mm-hmm. um like one of my really good friends I uh, who's who's a mutual on TikTok um his name is August uh he came out as like a trans man like last year but he um yeah like came out last year like didn't really have like a big following he was just on TikTok just to, like do his own stuff but like he really found like a lovely like community of folks and like I found him and we became friends and they also have like this sweetest smile of all time if like (laughs) if you want like to to gain like seven years in your face like the snow just melts away and spring is a bloom you look at august's smile um and that's what that is because i feel so warm so warm (laughs) so sweet and like there are like other folks that also have like really big platforms like on tiktok um that are experiencing trans joy and doing and doing things that trans people wouldn't expect like and you probably have heard of them the trans handy ma'am who is this trans woman named mercury stardust who legit is like has been a maintenance um like a person for like over a decade and like Mm -hmm. is giving maintenance tips on tiktok and like has gotten such a huge platform that they just hired like an executive assistant (laughs) right i really wanted to apply for that job but i actually had to be where in the town that she lived in and i was like fuck, i don't want to move but it's really just showing that like not everyone just has to be like you know like the nikki tutorials who i love like she's great and she's amazing and not everyone's gonna do makeup not everyone's gonna be in the fashion not Mm -hmm. everyone is going to like be do like trans one-on-one education like we have so many more interests and loves that we have in the world Mm -hmm. that is more than just a trans one-on-one it's Mm -hmm. like trans is a part of their life but it's not their whole life Mm -hmm. and for some folks like they want to do the education route like that's was kind of me when I came out and trying to figure out my identity and for me that was fine but I also know I'm like yes like I can talk to you about trans stuff until I'm blue in the face but I also like like playing video games and um I love watching like k-dramas and I love k-pop and different music like I'm a musician like there's so much more to me than just me being trans it's just like a facet of my life and that's how like trans joy should be experienced it's like it's an extension of you not all of you but and if you want it to be all of you just be protective of your energy and what that looks like Mm -hmm. um but yeah I could go on of like the cool (laughs) trans and non-binary folks that I follow on TikTok that well send me the profiles and we'll link them in the show notes for sure for folks to to get a good dose of rad trans people oh my god yes oh my god um I love it and there's an aspiration to have Mercury Stardust on the podcast at some point. So hello, please. if you have the connection, please let me know. Please. Um, <laughs> so as I think we're going to shift to wrapping up, I, um, I'm wondering if you'll indulge me. I do this activity with students when it's kind of a sensory activity to have them start thinking about like in a liberated future, like what does that look like when you think of your five senses so I'm wondering if for you right like you can describe what joy or joy in a liberated future looks like from how it smells to how it sounds to the vibrations how it tastes right like thinking about all your senses um what does joy look like what are the colors what's going on for you 
<laughs> I have it. It's like a whole, yes. like I have a whole vision. Um, so when I think of joy, I think of like the very stereotypical, like um, you're in a meadow, it's spring. <laughs> um there you're like surrounded by like daffodils and like tall stalks of grass like it's like 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 between like a like a 10 to 11 Mm a.m like kind of time frame when you look up the sun so like it isn't high noon but like it isn't like sunrise um so it's like still like kind of like this dusty type of color um and like you're just like spinning around it's like 75 degrees like a light breeze like um and like I'm wearing like a big beautiful silky puffer dress silky is a brand um that I really want to own a dress from um but they're a good chunk of change mm-hmm. but I'm in a wedding um this summer so I'm probably gonna buy one for it um but I'm wearing like like where you're wearing like the like your most like gender affirming outfit like in your wardrobe and like you're just in this meadow and you're just like spinning around um and just like taking in like all of the senses you're like you're hearing like the you're hearing different birds like you're hearing like a woodpecker off in the distance Mm. um like you're not wearing shoes um like you're like taking in the earth um and like you can like like feel that it rained like the night before but it's but like the but like the metal was dry enough that like you're not getting wet but like the like the scent and taste is like still there um and that is what I experience I think that's what joy is it's like so specific in my head Mm. um because I always think of like that like that like a a beautiful joyous place to me is always like a meadow it's like a meadow that like probably you can walk like through like a little bit of a like a woods and you like you end up at like a lake right um and like that's what I think about and it was like when you said it and I was like thinking about (laughs) it I was like no it's the meadow like I do the meadow like that's that's all I do and I like Mm. and and, like it would be tall stalks of grass and then I just like fall down into it and there's like you know like I think it's like people do like those like curated kind of like little picnic things like where they have like a cute little pillow set food like champagne and stuff mine would just be a giant charcuterie board um with like my uh my favorite summer beer which is Oberon um um just know that it's a Michigan beer and it's great um if you're above the age of 21 and like that's what I would have and that's what Mm -hmm. I would enjoy or or like if I wanted something more savory than like a charcuterie board it would be like a beautiful like ribeye steak that I would just like enjoy what like along with the breeze like outside and and I wouldn't be doing it alone like there'd be someone with me mm-hmm. to experience that because at the end of the day like I can experience all this joy and I want to share that with other people mm-hmm. so yeah <laughs> well that is an amazing scene I just feel like I just that whole journey right and like I I love asking that type of question because I think like when we're in the struggle or we're doing the protesting or we're doing the work or we're just having a you know having a moment where like things just feel really heavy and hard when we're doing like change work or just trying to live our day-to-day lives right like we don't always have time or we don't always have the the wherewithal to think about like what is this going to look like when things are liberated? What is this going to look like when like things are lighter and like all of these systemic barriers have been removed? Because we're going to get there, right? I don't know when, but we're going to get there, right? So like, 
pursuing those vibrations of this is what I want this to look like and smell like and taste and this is what I want to see in that liberated future I think is just such a such a fun and like meaningful time so I appreciate that very much um happy Pisces season I'm excited to see (laughs) what um mischievous uh, uh, mayhem and tearfall comes from your season. I'm sure I'll see plenty of that. Um, but with that, I think that that's the end of this conversation. And I appreciate you very, very much. <laughs> I appreciate you too. Thanks. Yes. Take the Last Bite is made possible by the volunteer labor of the Midwest Institute for Sexuality and Gender Diversity staff. Our larger work is sustained by the contributions of grassroots donors. If you would like to support the life-saving work of empowering, connecting, and educating Midwest queer and trans communities, please consider setting up a monthly or one-time donation at sgdinstitute.org backslash giving or hitting that green donate button on our website's homepage. Our inbox is open for all of your insight, feedback, questions, boycotts, memes, and other forms of written correspondence. You can contact us at lastbite at sgdinstitute.org. Particular shout out to Justin, Andy, Nick, Danielle, and Michelle for all of your support with editing, promotion, transcripts, and production. Our amazing and queer as fuck cover art was designed by Adrian McCormick. 